three, two, one. Hey, hey, hey. You know what? You think after a month of rest that we wouldn't be doing no hey, hey, hey's. I'm wearing you now, baby. <laughs> How y'all doing? It's Hanifa Walida. Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. Hey. Back, back. We back. Back. Hey, babies. We hey, you. darlings. We did. We did uh, miss you. Um, I hope you enjoyed your August. We did enjoy ours, right? Yeah. Or I chilled, you know. <laughs> I chilled in the cut. Um, so as we're I coming to rest. you, what? I did not rest. My August was lovely. yeah. If I have to be honest, I didn't rest either. Um, but it was just one less thing I had to do mm-hmm. <laughs> weekly. <laughs> But we also, while we were while we were away, um, we uh, there has there are some changes um, that we want to introduce to you in this episode and the episodes um, to come. One, um, we have uh, a new intern. Just want to give her a, a, a big up, Latoya. I'm not, I'm not gonna say her full name, you know, just in case. But hey, mm-hmm. Latoya, I really Latoya. appreciate. <laughs> And we may actually have a second uh, intern, but I haven't reached out to her yet. But I want to thank Latoya because she has really been so helpful in helping us with the new changes and moving forward with the guarantees. And we asked for help and we received it. So just want to say we both really appreciate you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay. So the time you're hearing this, um, we it should be Wednesday because we're trying to schedule out where we will be coming to you each mm-hmm. Wednesday, unless some shit go down. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're trying with our new system um, here. So if you, if so, you're probably hearing this on Wednesday, and it is post Pride mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Anyway, I did not a damn thing, but I know you did, Red. So I did. Get, um, get the change in the report. <laughs> Yes, the Mrs. and I flew down to Atlanta for uh, Atlanta's Black Gay Pride this weekend. Um, I actually was on a panel for LGBT doctors. First of all, let's stop right there. (laughs) You was on a what? Yes, well, I guess not necessarily a panel, but um, there's an organization or an activity called the Doctor's Brunch. And um, people who have terminal degrees, uh, people like myself who have honorary doctorate degrees, um, as well as people who are in the process of pursuing uh, higher education and who you know just want to find mentors uh, in that in that experience, uh, we got together and had a fantastic brunch and got to meet each other which is always beautiful, like creating community around whatever those areas are uh, of commonality. And it was an amazing experience. I'm very, very excited. It's it's interesting because it's something you had touched on before when we talked about pride when we first Mm -hmm. started about, you know, most people, or I'll even say young people, really think about pride. It's time to party, get some ass, look cute, all that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But I, I, you know, trying to get access to things like this that are more, more conversational, more meeting mm-hmm. 
or like you said, along some sort of commonality, you know, not just queerness. Yeah. You know, um, not just I'm attracted to you, but you know what I mean? Like that is not really pushed as much. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it either. Like that's the only <laughs> thing people want to do is just party and bullshit. I mean, is well, that as, yeah, coming into the LGBT plus community um, as an artist, I was introduced to pride through the activities. So mm-hmm. I came in, you know, as a filmmaker, as a spoken word artist, um, doing workshops and things like that. Um, I got to meet a lot of the people that I still work with now, Angie Harvey um, and Monty, who we just uh, did over the weekend in D.C., a play called Black Gay Rage um, mm-hmm. that I was a contributing writer for. Um, and Monty was one of the artists that I connected with on the Black Pride circuit. Um, just traveling to different cities. Um, so it's it's been mostly that for me. I did have like in the last maybe three, four years where I would just go to the parties, but then that was boring. Like, oh, just a lot all of day, yeah, all day you're doing what? Waiting to go to the party at night? And so these activities are all the things that are going on during a day and things where you can have those critical conversations, um, a lot of health discussions, a lot of, you know, really good. Like there's a oh, amazing uh, fashion show, right? Mm. So you have LGBT designers who are showcasing their fashions, film festivals, like all kinds of stuff that you can go to. Well, I feel like I actually missed out, um, but whatever. But the, uh, I mean, that's that's wonderful. I mean, I just like that there's options uh, during Pride, and mm-hmm. the thing is, that, like you just said, doctors are during the day, so there really is no excuse. Like, chill, do some activities, go home, chill, do pregame, go out. Yeah, easy, <laughs> <laughs> Been easy, exactly. Anyway, let's let's move on. We do have some interesting things going on in these streets. Yes. Yes, with 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 us and our allies. So, let's see. Ooh. Okay, hold on. All right. So, oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna let's jump into Latifah real quick before we get all you know busy <laughs> to Chicago. Um, yes. First of all, I would like to congratulate Woo-hoo. my sisterin, my black sisterin, my queer sisterin. Yes. <laughs> and her wife. You know, mm-hmm. um, for having a uh, recently having a baby boy, we are talking about the only Miss Queen, Mrs. Queen. Well, however, girl, however you say, girl, Queen Latifah, <laughs> Queen Latifah, the Queen, yeah. the Queen. You know, and you know, listen, we both may have a different perspective than those who, you know. Like even was grown when you were born, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know. So she, so she's our generation, and you know, I know that in the beginning, you know, a lot of queer folks, you know, were s- somewhat quietly critical that she wasn't coming out, even though like when Set It Off came out, it's like Set It Off, she wasn't acting; she was just being on sale. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so as queer folks, we're like, come on, girl, come out. You can do so much for the people. But for whatever reason, that's not something she wanted to do, at least not in a a very public uh, way. All that being said, fast forward to now, um, she's still not very public with her personal life, which I can respect. 
which I yeah. can respect. Um, even though I think being queer is more than just your personal life, but your choice is your own. But I'm glad that, you know, paparazzi at least got a sneak peek of the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we were looking at, um, I guess, stories around this, you know, I try to want to uh, have the good sources that we're drawing from, okay? Uh-huh. Um, I think the most credible source that we found was B. Scott. <laughs> Film is the all in all. I don't know if it's in B. I Scott. I know, it's Twitter. I mean, Latoya <laughs> said she 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 kind of tapped our shoulder to it. Like, she found it on Twitter. And then you was like, National Choir. I don't know about National Choir. But then B. Scott, we like, okay, well, she, you know, we can do B. Scott. Right. <laughs> we trust B. Scott. <laughs> Way more than the acquirer. <laughs> and um, then I look, yeah. But yeah, the baby's like some months, right? Yeah, he's been around like not quite minute. walking or talking, but definitely, you know, he on that Similac. He's straight, like in the in the carriage, <laughs> chilling, making faces. That's the only picture I've seen yeah. of the child. Is they mm-hmm. happened to catch uh, her wife at in a parking lot, I guess, you know, getting ready to put the baby in the car or something, and the baby was just chilling in the in the, in the... Right. <laughs> Kara was like, Okay, what are we doing? <laughs> so the baby got personality already. Um yeah, so congratulations, yeah. yo. Congratulations. Um, uh yes. what is this? Our royal family. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad I'm I'm just glad that they're I mean, I would love for Latifa to be more out or her and her wife to you know, because I haven't seen her wife at award shows yet. Have you? I haven't seen Latifa out. Like oh, I know, I know. Well, she's on. She's on Rhapsody's new album, which I want to say is dope. If you haven't heard Rhapsody's new album, yeah, Eve, get you a copy or mm-hmm. whatever. Stream you a copy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and Latifa's actually on. She's she's on the cut with Rhapsody. Okay. So it's good to kind of hear. I haven't heard her rhyme in like for ages so yeah i told you yeah. once my daughter said that she did not know that queen latifah was a rapper i knew that i had failed as a parent <laughs> wow yeah, she's an actor that. on star she's <laughs> she was on the wiz remake <laughs> like what do you mean she's a rapper i was like oh i'm oh, terrible <laughs> yeah that, that that's wow that's bad mm-hmm. you know but 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 that's that's the that's time. Yeah. Time flies and sometimes, you know and then you know, right by. artists they transition. Like if they anybody transition tried, depends on when you came in. Right. If anybody tried to convince you where someone was a poet, you would have to find somebody <laughs> who was around <laughs> before twenty teens <laughs> yeah. to, to validate that at all, right? Basically. Um, so yeah, so I know that like Queen Latifah came up for me uh, personally in an experience that I had. A friend of mine um, had invited me actually out. I was in California and invited me to come do poetry um, at this event. And it wasn't, you know, really, it wasn't a lot of gay people there. You know, <laughs> he was like, I love you as a poet, you know. Do you have any stuff that would fit for my audience? And I was like, of course. Like, I'm a poet. I have plenty of topics that aren't just about being gay. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine went with me to the show. And, you know, I did the show and got my money. So, you know, we could go eat after. (laughs) (laughs) 
And the friend went off on me and was just like, yo, I can't believe you did that. Like, I feel so invisible. Like, mm. why would you even bring me if you were just going to Queen Latifah me? <laughs> and I remember that moment being like, whoa, like, I get where you're coming from. Like, you were coming to see me in the way that you know me, like, as my friend, <laughs> you know, in this capacity. But, like, I'm, I have a whole lot of content. Like, and there's a lot of my content that doesn't see light because I'm always in gay spaces. Like, mm, so for me, that. <laughs> this was an opportunity for me to do some of my other stuff, like in an audience that would appreciate it. And I don't think that we're like friends, friends <laughs> anymore. Like not in that way. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it you was see, really like that. Hmm. Girl, you're really hitting on something like what exactly is a queer space? Is a queer space just defined because you are now able to talk about your sexuality or your sexual experiences in whatever mild or crass way? Like, you just have the freedom to do that? Like, is mm -hmm. that making a queer space? Or can it be a queer space without actually... Or is queer def defined outside of who you have sex with? Especially performative, you know, like these queer spaces. That's such a... I'm so glad you said that. Mm. <laughs> no, really, I'm so glad you said that because as artists, there's so much that we want to talk about. But I know I felt like I... At, at times, at times, especially when I was just kind of coming out and, you know, um, that, you know, I maybe had to present a certain way in a queer space. Or, now, you know, let me, let me, let me back up. Let me, let me slow my roll. Because I've always been me on stage, and I've never really actually made quote-unquote queer music, whatever the fuck that means. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe in a song, I'll use a certain pronoun, or yada, yada, yada. But most of the stuff that I talk about is not, you're not going to hear too much about me and my girl. You're just, you just not going to hear it. I'm just, I'm a yeah. uh, you know, Muslim girl. I just, I, I don't get in and go in publicly that way. But all that being said... I still always felt when I walked into a queer space and they were paying me money to perform, or sometimes in many cases not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that I had to sh almost, I don't know, I felt like a shift happened when I walked in the room. Like, I got to be extra gay, or I don't know, like, I know, the, no, here's Betty, I'm, I'm being seen through a represent. certain lens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm seeing, I know I'm being seen through a certain lens. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's certain things I can't say, or there's certain, I don't know, it's weird. And, and you would think that queer spaces would be freer, but they really are demanding at the same time. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Oh, well. Right. Again, <laughs> I, you know, I don't really have no Latifah stories. I saw her at a party one time. I won free tickets to see her in special ed at a show back in like 19... 90, I don't know, one or some shit mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> and I went, you know what I mean? And she and me and my homegirl, me and my homegirl Tanisha from high school and shit, we was chilling by the window in this big law space. And then during the break, she just walked over. She didn't say shit to me, but she looked at me. Now, I didn't know I was, I knew I was gay, but I wasn't out at the time. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me, not like she was attracted to me, but like a recognition. Yeah. But don't say nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I I always remember it because of that, because I was still struggling with with myself with coming out of the closet. So that look of recognition was the first real look of recognition that I received as a young person. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, but Queen Latifah, I mean, she'll yeah. obviously never, ever remember this moment. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even that she was Queen Latifah, it's that she was very intentional with her look, whether she realized mm -hmm. it or not. Like, are we are we the same? No, yes, I'm not sure, huh, what? You know, and she <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then she kept it moving. You know what I mean? But um, anyway, we want to just congratulate you and just yeah. extending your family and, and that your career has been what it has been. Your life has been what it has been because of the choice that you've made <clears throat> for yourself. And ain't nobody got nothing to say about that. How about that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Want to also, and I'm, I'm keeping track of time. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I want to save the last half for our letter. Um, mm -hmm. So here's some good news. Okay. Some, like infrastructural type of just great news. Um, the state of Illinois is now allowing LGBT history to be taught in class. <laughs> now I know I have heard and just when I started seeing the links for it I didn't know like what does that even mean like <laughs> what does that entail right um, exactly. and you can kind of discuss some of what what that actually means and then I'll go back into some Illinois history stuff <laughs> oh okay then I'll, I'll be real quick because I'm just really just reading over it basically it was mm -hmm. a house bill house bill 246 um, the House of Representatives in Illinois, obviously, um, and they signed it this past Friday, um, okay. and it and it ensures that the contributions of LGBT people are taught in public schools. And might I add, that also includes Black history. That gives us another opportunity mm -hmm. for Black people, gay Black people, but Black people. Yeah. to be taught in school, whether they do it in February or another time, anytime. I mean, if they don't teach people like James Baldwin or, I mean, we can go on and on. Mm -hmm. You know, Audrey Lord. I mean, all these people and how they impacted not just black lives, not just queer lives, but American lives, you know, global lives. Yeah. <laughs> that I, I hope that it's a good curriculum. I don't know who put it, who's putting it together, but mm -hmm. I hope it's good and thorough. Yeah. So for me, um, I grew up in Illinois, I, you know, had my first teaching job in Illinois and actually um, my first teaching job next door to my classroom was Dr. Jackie Anderson. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she was such a phenomenal part of like my training as an educator. Um but also like watching her as an activist in her community. Um, so I came to find out later or came to find out that um, Jackie was responsible for the state of Illinois, Jackie and you know her people that she had been working with. Uh, we had same sex uh, rights in Illinois long before it was a federal discussion. Um, yeah. yeah, so we had um, health care. You could put your partner on your health care. You could put your partner on your life insurance. You could do a lot of things um, in Illinois because of a lot of the work that, that those women were doing. And so Illinois was ahead of the curve in a lot wow. of ways in LGBT history because of that. So before marriage became a discussion nationally, um, Illinois had already done some of that work of making sure that 
you know, especially if a partner passes, that the family couldn't come and take your house, right? Mm. That you could be willed that property and that that would go, that would be above the biological family if you all are in a domestic partnership. And, you know, before that term was even big. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So... Yay for Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, 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 and these are, you know, Illinois is a Midwest state, and, and a lot of times people have ideas of how people think in Midwest, or they're always going to be behind the curve, if you will, mm -hmm. of change. And here's Illinois kind of leading the pack, and I never even knew that. I never yeah. knew that. And I never yeah, knew that Jackie yeah. was involved with that, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> That's that that really makes me proud. Just another Absolutely. thing to be proud. But um but again, and this also touches back to the things that we always kinda hover around and touch around is really understanding, well, becoming knowledgeable of and appreciating what your elders literally did for you that you can almost take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah. was, it was done before you was Yeah. Appointed. It was done. already done when done. when I yeah. came on the scene. Like it wasn't even a question. It was, and actually, it was a question. Like, do you have a domestic partner that you want to put on your thing? And I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, I found out later on that you know our beloved ancestor Jackie Anderson was a part of that movement. Wow, that, um, that's incredible. Yeah. And so yeah. about the educational piece, I think it's less of, well, one, we have to understand that because the conversation is being had around children who are in wherever they are on the LGBT experience, being safe, um, having space in schools, having mm -hmm. organizations, you know, being able to have conversations around their identity, that part is present it's also important to make sure that the the identities of the people that they're learning about are also relevant. So they would we would discuss Bear Rustin, um, mm -hmm. but not discuss like his experience in the civil rights movement, right? <laughs> we would discuss mm -hmm. James Baldwin. His but huge, we would not, not just his experience, his huge yes, contribution. His impact, right? <laughs> um, but people want to make it seem like children are being taught how to be gay. That's not oh what is happening. Um, okay, so when I learned George, when I learned about George Washington, I'm learning how to be straight. Or I'm learning how right. to be a mean ass white um, slave <laughs> owner president. Like what the fuck right. are you talking about? <laughs> right. So that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're just saying that everybody um, who is in the room has an opportunity to understand how this plays a part in the larger conversation, right? So it's not, we're not just going to do a raisin in the sun, but never address Lorraine Hansberry, right? <laughs> and who she was. And, and, and who she how, was and how right. it affected That's her what it means. Exactly. So that we're not going to erase the people's identity when we talk about them. It's not that we're going to talk about them or leave it anymore. Vague. Or leave it right. vague. Yeah, you know, like, we know, but we, know, we don't say. Like, you know, we, you know. Exactly. Almost like, what's the thing with the with the military speak, but don't tell? What's the, you know. Right, right. Don't ask, don't tell. tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask, don't inquire, don't nothing. Just, you know, we kind of know about it already. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and, 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 and mind you, my straight people and straight black people, that don't treat this curriculum like white people treat Black History Month. Mm. They do not. They do not use it to understand how Black people, which also includes gay people who are black, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. how the work that we've done in this country has made what it, the reality of what it is to be American. Most white folks do not understand how to connect the dots with that. They see us as basketball yeah. players, as entertainers, and even with even with entertainment, they don't understand to the degree in which we have made American culture, period. Okay? Mm -hmm. But, you know, but I'm talking about just every day, you know, and then until people understand on the everyday, what the ancestors, whether they be white, black, gay, what have you, has created the world that they have created for you, then we're always going to be kind of going, you know, make doing circles and not respecting those who've come before us and not respecting what has been done and not knowing what has been done so you don't recreate the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, whatever straight, you know, black folks out there, please support your children yeah. in learning about... Um, in particular, black queer history, that's the, the stuff that we're more interested in, but queer history in general, everybody that is not you, you know, mm -hmm. like if you, if we, if we as Americans learn how all Americans contributed to this bad boy, <laughs> good, bad yeah. or whatever, then we're all the better for it. And nobody's trying to teach your child how to be gay as right. I hope that no one's trying to teach, even though I feel like we always are taught how to be straight until we like. <laughs> God damn it, I'm not. <laughs> but right. that's the default. Everyone's mm -hmm. taught how to be straight, you know? And and then when we say, wait, actually, I'm not, then it, it's an issue even then. But now, you know, we just want to take a curriculum and you're like, are you teaching our kids to be gay? I'm like, no, nah, that's not what we teach kids yeah. in school. No more than, you know, Latino Sex history is teaching your children how to be Latino or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, all of these things are a part of making sure that the curriculum in schools is inclusive. That's yes. really all it is. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> okay, safe. here's a real... Here's a, I, I want to talk about Jadena, but you know what? I'm going to say this. I need to get more information. It's some, some science report that came out that they that they couldn't find the quote-unquote gay gene. And I'm over here. I was talking to my ex-girlfriend about this the other day. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck does it mean? What the fuck is the gay gene? What are you talking about? What is that? Like, literally, what are you looking for mm -hmm. that you're saying you can't find it? But I, I feel like I need to do a little bit more research before I dive into that because I'm not a scientist. But it can be problematic, I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay? Um, but real quick thing before we move on to the letter, one little extra little current affair that I just have to... Because this boy, I just love this young man. He's not a boy. Um, Jadena. Okay? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to play, I'm going to play this little quick clip. He, Jadena was on Sway in the Morning, right? Mm -hmm. And Homie went in about, I think sometimes is a, a given in our black American community, thinking that Africa didn't have any sort of homosexual culture and that we learned about homosexuality through white people. Mm -hmm. And thus that feeds that whole thing of, you know, you know, thinking that black people are either in black gay people are influenced by white gay people. Um, mm -hmm. Don't even don't go out with them. Oh, Lord. You know, that's really yeah. the influence, you know, but like, <laughs> we can't think for ourselves. We can't be ourselves. And so it all comes in this, this really old antiquated myth um, within our community. So I really appreciate it. He said this and this is what he said. Let me take out my headphones real quick so y'all can hear this. Hold on. 
Africa, to even for Africans. Mm -hmm. You hear these African leaders who are dressed in three-piece suits, got an iPhone, speaking in English and not their their uh, native, native tongue, tongue, are saying that it's un-African to be homosexual, uh, it's un-African, we don't have it. That was brought as a European import. It's not true. Mm -hmm. It's not true at all. In Uganda, the kingdom of Buganda at the time, mm -hmm. before Uganda, there was a, a openly gay king in in south if you go to the original cave paintings in south africa the or uh zimbabwe actually the mm. bushmen the, the the bushmen as they call them the cave paintings you'll see homosexual acts on the in the cave paintings oh, wow. if you go to different uh communities in west africa and there was different rites of passage where if a, a woman was with a woman or a man was with a man that they were thought to be more powerful uh -huh. this is not uh there was never a uh a time where this didn't exist, or that that where it was just hands down, everybody was not like you were not and homosexuals were were wrong. Mm -hmm. That's not that's not actually an African thing, which means it's not a black thing. Okay, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's a black thing, baby. It's an African thing, therefore it's a black thing. You know right, right. So thank you, Jadena, um, for being one of the few, if not the only. <laughs> Uh, black, um, in his case, African, because his people was from Nigeria, um, rappers, oh, to, um, to make, you know, to speak on this, you know what I mean? Um, to, to be a non-hotep, we appreciate you. <laughs> like, really, son, like, we appreciate you. Yeah. With your pretty self. He is absolutely beautiful. But I, like... There was a book, and I'm trying to remember the, the first name of the author. I believe Soma is the last name, uh, The Spirit of Intimacy, that goes into that concept a little more and how um, LGBT people, especially like what we know now as trans people or two-spirit people, were like the highest um, form of like the religious communities in those, uh, in those areas that they were the gatekeepers. You didn't get married, you didn't have babies, you didn't yep. do any rites of passages without the blessing of the gatekeepers. Like they were the ones who understood male and female, like they knew both worlds and they could help you. They could bless you, they could give you like, and they were not shunned and pushed away from society. Society did not exist without their presence. Exactly, exactly. And and I can, I mean, and it totally makes sense. Think about it. Think about a world with no homophobia, okay? Yeah. So before white people, right? So no, a world of no homophobia, right? And you're just, you know, you know, Kuta Kente third, just chilling in the cut, walking through the village, you know, and you know, you see, you see all kinds of people. You don't, you don't typecast them, whatever. And there's some people that they're moving in the world that is this, this, feminine and masculine energy you know or the certain women that that have a certain energy certain men that have a certain energy and they're contributing to your community in certain ways or they have certain insights or just i think that the energy in general is something that probably really intrigued you know a lot of beautiful black people back in mm -hmm. africa when they were just seeing each other beautiful black people you know yeah. what i mean so it makes sense if you don't have all you know your, your mind corrupted by this idea of this I quote unquote idea of homosexuality one which is totally a European idea what we know is almost it's just the idea of it the construct yeah. is very European you know um 
because and that's why we're always that's why we call it more letters we're trying to fit into whatever category because mm-hmm. you know but fuck the letters fuck the the boxes whatever if if we was to really just refer back to how they rolled in the world as africans they didn't mm-hmm. have all these boxes just roll homie just yeah. roll and contribute how you can contribute and we make culture around that but the boxes thing that's totally a European construct. Boxes yeah. and categories, and I need to understand you, so you need to just be defined like this. And, and because you're defined like this, you only can do this or that. Mm-hmm. And Christian puritanicalism, oh. right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, creates all of these divisions to make sure that there are some people who are good and some people who are bad. Like, that's what a lot of, you know, the modern church depends on. Like, that's how you yeah. keep oh, your yeah, ties up. Is- Exactly. Good, bad, you know, um, heaven, hell, God, the devil, like you need those polarities, need those to, I know I'm right because you're wrong. Yeah. And somebody got to be bad. And And somebody got to be bad. Somebody else to be bad. And then somebody else to be bad. And then somebody, right. It's, it's a cycle that, that we get caught up in. And unfortunately, a lot of the children in our community, you know, suffer because of that. You know, yep. another event that happened in Atlanta, you know, was over LGBT homelessness, right? <laughs> so many exactly. of our children are being thrown out of their families, not even just the house, the time. thrown out of their the families time. because of this ideology. And it's mm-hmm. not true. Like, it's it's made up. <laughs> exactly. Listen, Black folks, you want to be free? Then be free. You best mm. find that freedom. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't, like, what is freedom exactly to you? If it only includes straight black folks, then we yeah. have a problem. Because basically you're denying me my, my, my blackhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? What are you truly free in your home and how you move about the world? Are you kind of just moving because you have certain constructs that, okay, as a straight black person or as a, this kind of black person, I must move in the world like this and I must answer questions like that and this is my... Uh, uh, philosophy and politics and, and all yeah. of that. That's called indoctrination. That, that's called indoctrination. <laughs> right. But if you don't have the bill, if you don't have the ability, to, freedom means that you can take in new information and change your motherfucking mind. Yeah. Freedom means that you can see yourself differently on a day to day basis, you know, or as needed, you know. Um, the freedom should be defined more broadly, more nuanced, you know, um, but. Let, let us be free type of thing that just, what does that mean exactly? If all yeah. black folks can't be free, what exactly does that mean? Anyway. Then none of us are. <laughs> basically, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just want to thank Jadena for being fly on so many levels um, and saying it to the people. Being just, it does take, it does take some, a little cojones to, to do that as a straight black um, man rapper mm-hmm. to, to go on a popular show and say, y'all wrong. Y'all yeah. fucking wrong. And I'm not going to be writing stuff in my lyrics that's going to be homophobic, that's going to be this, that, and the third because y'all think that's cool or that's what you expect of me as a straight black man. It ain't mm-hmm. going to happen. You know? And he talked about polyamory, girl. He was going in. He was like, yeah. you know what? Let's just bust this shell open. <laughs> you know? Let's just do it. He was talking about, he's like, if, if men have been able to have multiple partners for, you know, umpteen centuries, why can't women, why can't men get it together so women can have that freedom as well? Yeah. So the black, especially black American community, where so many of our men in in our community are in various situations that take them out of the community. Okay. (laughs) Right. And black people ride and 
die for a nigga. And I feel mm-hmm. that. I mean, I got beautiful brothers in my life as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But sisters will ride and die. And brothers are like, I'll see you later. <laughs> They'll ride and fly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on from current affairs, okay? Uh, Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, so before we move on to our listener letter for this week, um, me and Red want to introduce to you a little thing we're doing for our Patreon supporters. Yes. Get it, get it, get it. (laughs) We wanted you all to have a, a, um, give something back. Yeah, that's what it is to those who are giving to us, right? Exactly. Because we be asking you, yo, 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 just keep us afloat, yo. But you know what? There is something that we can give back to those who commit to giving every month. So, (laughs) the last Sunday of every month, all of you who sign up to our Patreon as a Sunday brunch supporter mm-hmm. the last sunday of the month go on have brunch with your girls with your boys we have you know around 10 11 ish mm-hmm. right <laughs> and then during that time we're actually going to be recording the show but by the time brunch is over and you had a couple mimosas in you mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> Check your email, check your Patreon. I don't know exactly Patreon is going to send it to you, but Patreon is going to send you a link. (laughs) (laughs) And Patreon is going to send you a link and you're going um, to see our show live. Yes, see us. How we see each other. Yes. Okay, (laughs) talking it out. And that's something not everyone is going to see. Only you guys, if you become our Sunday brunch supporter. So you can go to Mm patreon.com slash yugayatis and do that right now right now right now right now before we go to listen letter i'll give you a second just do that right yeah. now take two seconds just pause it there, there, there you go <laughs> there you go thank you very much for coming uh sunday brunch with your gay auntie supporter yes <laughs> again that's only a ten dollar commitment a month and we love you for it okay moving on Yay. moving on i'm so, excited girl, about that yes i'm excited about that too i'm excited about that too <laughs> Mimosas with your aunties. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So we have a letter. We do have a letter. Now, she is directing this letter for the most part to you. It also brought up some questions that I might have for you as well. So I'm going to read it. Okay. As if I am Dove. She, she says to call her, herself Dove. Mm-hmm. But it is more directly towards you, Red. So here we go. Okay. You can call me Dove. I'm a 28-year-old queer cis black woman who practices polyamory. I love your show and I'm so grateful for the advice you've given your younger queer folks in the game. I was struck by a point Red made in an earlier episode when she stated that at some point she began to prepare herself for her wife, which I interpreted as preparing yourself for the kind of love she was calling in. Mm -hmm. Earlier this year, after a breakup from a two-year relationship, I found myself longing for companionship in new ways. That mm-hmm. space was loving, but we went from long distance to living with each other and then back to long distance once I got a job in a new state and I came to and I came to a knowing that I want a relationship with someone is in closer proximity to me. No more primary relationships that were long distance. Mm. I found myself longing for a nesting partner, someone to really build a house, home, family, and financial future with. 
I was wondering if Red can speak more on what preparing herself for that kind of partnership looked like. Warmly, Ooh. Dove. Well, thank you, Dove. Let me think. Uh, <laughs> um, so it started with just kind of a, a knowing, actually. And I didn't get, I didn't understand it fully um, immediately because I was in the midst of a relationship that I just, I wanted that relationship so bad. I was just like, ooh, boo, you about to be my baby. Like, <laughs> it's about to go down. And that relationship was so crazy. Like, it mm -hmm. was it was toxic on a lot of levels. Um, and I was, like, fighting for it because I wanted it so bad. Like, I was just, like, in it. I'm just like, no, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. And one day in the midst of a comp like an argument, probably, um, I was just like, I don't even know why I'm going back and forth with you. Like, my wife is on her way. Like, I don't even know why I'm wasting my time, right? And when I said it the first time, like, it didn't make any sense. It didn't mean anything. But I just knew that it was time for me to change um, change how I was moving in the world. Like it was time for me to to kind of clear out some space emotionally, to kind of clear out some space physically. It was time for me to change the people who were around me um, because I was going to have to make some more mature choices in order to be prepared for the kind of relationship that I wanted to be in long term, right? Yeah. Um, and so I was definitely one of those women who like all my exes was at the house together. Like <laughs> We were all one big happy family and a package deal. <laughs> um, and so I had to think about like, okay, so what does that say to, to my wife? Right. So in, in this relationship, you will have five other people <laughs> at the house all the time, you know, <laughs> who consider themselves in close relationship with me. How does that make our relationship different, um, special? What experience do I want you to have in this relationship with me? Because I did not care what your experience was with me before that point. Like, it's me, this is how I roll. If you wanna be a part of it, get down. Like, <laughs> if you don't, then you can get out. And um, I recognize how selfish that is. Um, even though a lot of people, you know, in my life who loved me were willing to accept me for who I was and how I was and all of that, I really had to take stock in that I was not even being a good friend to the people who loved me um, in that state by allowing them to be still so close and connected to me that they didn't have emotional and, and social space to really have safe and loving relationships on their own, right? <laughs> um, and so it took me really um, clearing out a lot of my shit, right? Um, a lot of um, how I showed up in spaces, personal and social, um, because when I get to the party, it's time to get down, right? I'm, I'm going to dance. I'm going to have my good time. I don't care how who I came with feels about me, you know, dancing and flirting because these are my friends, right? <laughs> and I'm doing all of that kind of stuff. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't making 
safe space for a partner to be in. And so even, you know, looking at all of those cycles that, that I was creating, I had to be real with myself and be like, yo, I'm not really wife material right now. <laughs> like I wouldn't even respect anybody who would want to be my wife when I'm acting like this. So wow. let me like, let me get myself together. Let me think about what kind of home I want to make with a partner. Um, let me think about what experiences I want my partner to have at home and outside, right? Um, how the community will respond to my presence in her presence, right? <laughs> because mm -hmm. especially being an artist, it was about me. Like When I walk in the door, you know, it's like, Red, hey, and I, I got to work the room for the first 30 minutes. I don't know where Bay is. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's real. That's real. Yeah. Right? And then when I find her, I'm like, "You ready? Like, I'm done." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's time to go, right? And so, where is our time together when we're out? Like, mm -hmm. um, where is she seen? How is she seen? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> And a lot of the times it's like the person that, that picks up my merch at the end of the show. Like, that's not, come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure my bag got to the car. Like, that ain't right. <laughs> you got done working for no pay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so. You got to be my bag. You got to get them bags, honey. Get my merch. Get my t-shirts. Yeah. You got to make sure the, the, the lock box, the little money box is good. <laughs> All of that. And and I don't say that as a slight to any of the people in my life who served in that capacity. Like I was in um I was in that place and, and I was loved for who I am. And I had to realize how hurtful um a lot of that behavior mm. was to the people who were trying to love me the most, right? Mm. And that I didn't want to take that into a marriage uh per se like dating you can you know you can justify it's not really that deep you know it doesn't really matter as much but if i'm talking about my marriage i definitely don't want my wife to be an accessory mm. um to my life and not like an important like present part of it and so and, and when you mean yeah. present part it's, it's not because you're saying like beforehand you know, everything kind of revolved around red, so everything was in context of you as opposed to seeing where someone else can move you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's that's what is probably hardest to do, but um, most beneficial. Like, yeah. in getting in a relationship and really seeing where we gonna go. Right. Not how you going to follow or, you know, I have all these ideas, you know, mm -hmm. where I want my life to be or whatever, but really having a sense of curiosity, I think, yeah, you know, of where another human being who's floating your boat right now, where they can take you, how they can help you grow. Because that's mm -hmm. when you start to, that's when you really appreciate someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you realize that literally I would not be the person I was if I hadn't met you. Or I am mm -hmm. now if I hadn't met you some odd yeah. years or whatever ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of times we don't realize that even when we leave them. 
You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's part of the job of leaving someone is also kind of cacheting or kind of taking account for what you both contributed and took away from the relationship. Yeah. So you can build. But the preparation thing is like, I, I'm there. I'm there where you were. <laughs> Let me yeah. tell like that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm where I'm where actually this reader is, at least in context of my own life, and you know this idea of manifesting someone. But more importantly, it's like I, I am not anyone's wife right now. You don't want me as a wife right now. I don't got nothing mm-hmm. for you. You know what I'm saying? Um, I am not in the headspace, in the heart space. Um, yeah. I thought I was in the heart space because we always want to be with someone. Kind of, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. no, I'm not in a hard space. I don't have the patience right now because I'm, I'm trying to have patience with myself, yeah. you know? And I think that's one of the hardest things to do, especially when you're not in a relationship to kind of not get in a relationship until you're ready. Or at least you, you have an idea of what kind of relationship you want to get into next. It may not even mm-hmm. be marriage, but yeah. I don't want to experience what I did or rather I'm building my life to where I'm, I actually want to experience this now. Mm. You know, and I think fi- figuring out what this is, yeah, is you got to find out, you know, where you are right now. You mm-hmm. know, like you move a little and then you find someone. Don't be in the same fucking spot you was at when you left someone, didn't find someone. Move a little. Right, right, <laughs> right. something else. <laughs> I, yeah, I appreciate um, Dove's concept or her um, speaking on right now she's in polyamorous relationships right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but she's also looking towards like what does it mean to be um in this other type of relationship Mm -hmm. because you know we can discuss a lot about how um how you have to move past so many emotional traps like in order to be in a polyamorous relationship you have to really check yourself on a lot of things on a lot of like jealousy and possessiveness and like all of that kind of stuff to be in a polyamorous relationship but it's even more so in Mm. a monogamous relationship Mm. because a lot of people put a lot of pressure on that one partner right so that one partner has to be your date at every event so they gotta want to go everywhere you want to go right (laughs) they have to like all the stuff that you like right they At have least to for be, a short interim, they have to. Yeah, they have body to be, in public. <laughs> be present for the types of activities that you want to be present for. And it's a lot of, of emotional work that has to be done in order to make sure that your partner does not have to be your everything and that they still can be free within the context of your relationship to be themselves, to be able to grow, to be able to change, and for you not to be holding them emotionally hostage to an idea or an ideal that you had of what the person or relationship was going to be like when you decided to show up in their lives out of the blue, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so because a lot of times we don't talk about that, um, that work, like we assume that monogamous Mm -hmm. relationships are, are just these utopias, you know, (laughs) and that, you know, people get into them and they automatically know how to do that. That's not the case. That is absolutely not the case. There's so much um, just horrible teaching that we have about how to be in relationships. 
And so mm-hmm. much stuff you need to unlearn if you're going to love somebody. <laughs> I mean, and I'll, I'll just, I'll requote her here. She says, I've found myself longing mm. for a nesting partner as someone to really build a house with home family, yada, yada. And I'm really just focused on this word longing because longing is one of those words. It's, it's, it's a very romantic word or rather it's mm-hmm. associated with romanticism. Yeah. You know, it's very vague. You're longing. Okay. So you're imagining something that is feeding you right now, but it's not here yet, but you've never had it. Mm-hmm. So you can't really long for something you haven't had. And what Red is essentially saying here, and I'm definitely um, signing off on, is that the less expectations you have in coming into a new relationship, even saying, I want this relationship to be my wife, you mm-hmm. know, then the more clearer you can be as you're in the relationship and really can build. And so nest, you can, you can define nesting for yourself. You can define home for y'all selves. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You can even fight def, uh, define the financial future, all these longings, these vague ideas, yeah. you know, a monogamy <laughs> and you don't really know it until you, def, until you too define it. Yeah, And then you have to live it together and you do both at the same time. You define and live it together, but don't the last thing you want to do, or you want to at least have some sort of control of is this idea of longing for something. And I have this expectation. She's going to be everything. She's going to be it. We're going to nest and cuddle 24 seven and shit. And, mm-hmm. You know, then we're going to have a baby. And me and the, oh, we're going to do a, 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 a triple cuddle with the baby and <laughs> the baby going to sleep between us in the bed. And then at a certain age, the baby will have its own cra- Like this, this, that's a part of longing, creating the narrative, creating the story. And you know what? We all do that. It's a nice little high. It feels good. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. But when you start to take action in your life, like Red was saying, who do I need to be before I receive who I think I need in my life? Mm-hmm. I need to, sh- to work with me first yeah, <laughs> and then be open to whomever. But when she comes or he comes into your life, then is the real work begins. You got the... The prerequisite work, take care, mm-hmm. get your shit together as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's the real work when you actually are with someone. So just be mindful of that, Dove, um, yeah. as you move forward. But she is clear on something, so. Yeah. She, and like, so, you know. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like I mentioned this before, but I polled all of my exes. Right? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I called people and I was like, hey, like, I really want to... I want you to give me honest feedback on like what your experience was with me. And mm-hmm. I had to be uh, humble enough to recognize that if I heard the same thing <laughs> from different people, that this wasn't them just being crazy, them just complaining about whatever. Like this was the experience that I was creating for my partners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a talk about humbling because I think I'm great. Right? <laughs> and to hear like, you know, no, you're great. And, you know, you also created this experience for me, or I'm still dealing with my insecurity around whatever because of what you did or said, or Damn. these are long, yeah, lasting effects for me because of our relationship. Mm. I was like, whoa. <laughs> 
That's right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's action one can take, you know, um, call your exes up. I'm curious (laughs) if you actually did that when she first mentioned it, but now that we're mentioning it again (laughs) and y'all are trying to seek and find first Mm -hmm. seek and find yourself through people you've been with. Yeah. Could they and it wasn't, too. yeah, it wasn't just my exes. Like I would talk, you know, I talk to my family. I talk to the children. Like I just really wanted to know, like, if who I think I am is who I am mm, to the people around me. That's right? real. Yeah, yeah. And some of those things were absolutely like, yes, like, yeah, good, good. And there's yeah. also this other experience, right? Um, and so you have to be open to that. One, because your partner is going to see all of your shit and they're going to reflect it back to you, not out of wanting to um, to hurt your feelings or make you feel bad. Like your partner wants you to address these things so that you can be better um, in the relationship so that you all can be great partners. You can trust each other. You can move um, and synchronicity, like your partner is going to show you all of that. <laughs> and if you haven't already been practicing t- receiving that, or if you can't say, yeah, I know that about myself, so let's talk about it. Like you should, and by the time you reach your partner, whoever she, he is, mm-hmm. and they start mentioning things, if you're already aware of them, then you don't have to have an argument. You don't have to be in denial. You can say, yeah. yes, I do know that about myself. Mm-hmm. All right. And I hope, you know, I'm hoping that that changes with you or anything you can do to help me change. <laughs> you know, we only can change ourselves, but at least you can skip all that. What you talking about? You know, like right. you can skip all that because you were just oblivious that you do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> don't and be you oblivious. Be defensive about it. Yeah. Don't like, be defensive about it. Yeah. That really is the experience that that person is having with you. And if you care, <laughs> You're not just going to be like, well, you just got to take me how I am. You got to realize that if I'm hurting that person, how much do I love them? (laughs) If I'm especially willing to keep hurting you and let you keep living it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, Dove, um, (laughs) I hope that uh, Red uh, has, you know, answered your question, at least gave you a little bit more clarity on um, seeking, attracting, preparing for. Mm-hmm. Your wife to be, um, your nesting partner. <laughs> <laughs> and if you all have about who you um, are, are partnered with, <laughs> maybe or considering um, anything about your life, or love, or relationships, or uh, work—I don't know—whatever questions you might have for your aunties, <laughs> you can send us a letter. Also, just like Dove did at yourgayaunties at gmail.com. Also, reach out to us on Instagram at yourgayaunties, and apparently, we're on Twitter now. <laughs> oh yes, we're on Twitter now, y'all. Uh... <laughs> Well, the brand is on Twitter. We're figuring out how to be on Twitter because we are yeah. not Twitter bitches. We are not part of the Twitterati, <laughs> Black Twitter. Yes, you know, we're learning. <laughs> we're learning. We're learning. We're learning. So, yes, we are on Twitter at, you can guess it, Gay Aunties, and, of course, Instagram. 
Um, and you get your aunties a Gmail. That's all the ways you can reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, if you want to be a Patreon um, supporter, you want to have brunch with your aunties. So Sunday mm-hmm. brunch, that's only $10 a month. You won't even miss it. And you can have brunch with us. And and then you can write a letter and have brunch with us. Oh, my God. Okay. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> um, so with that being said. Yes, we just appreciate you listening. We love you, love you, love you. I am Red Summer. And I am Anifa Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Bye, babies. Bye, darlings. <laughs>